Hey guys, Luke here. This is just an upfront warning that this podcast contains spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn, so don't listen unless you're mad. And three, two, one. Welcome back everybody, and this is the second part of the Horizon Zero Dawn episode. And with me to discuss the rest of the game and all things ancillary to that point is Craig. Hello. Mike. I have no story and I must scream. <laughs> oh, boo. And Luke, the man who beat Bloodborne with his mustache. Hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Far new mustache. Picking up, picking up where we just left off in the first one we were about to discuss the story. And this time, Luke is going to be your story smith. So listen up, children. <laughs> so last time on the bit effect, we got to the point where um, Aloy had just found a focus, which is it's kind of like Google Lens or Google Glasses to the world. Looks like one of those really shitty Bluetooth speakers that like uh, white van drivers use. Um, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Racist. So... <laughs> We've discovered that Aloy, um, she's an outcast from the Nora tribe, and she lives with a, another outcast called Rost, who is a capable warrior. Aloy doesn't understand who she is. She realizes that Rost isn't her father, and she asks why he won't tell her who she is. So she asks if there's any way for her to find out who she is and where she's come from, and Rost tells her that the only way she could get the answers from the matriarchs of the Nora tribe is to um, compete in the yearly rite of passage, the proving. She would have to train to become a Nora brave. The winner is given whatever they want to by the tribe's matriarchs. Aloy promises that she will do this, but Ross tells her that this is going to take years of training. This is the point where we leave Aloy as a child and we move to her being a teenager a couple of days before the proving. Do you guys remember this part? Pole jumping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pole jumping. Pole jumping? What's that? Yeah, well, she was doing like the Karate Kid jump from pole to pole training montage. Well, I might press the button and I skip that. I need a montage. <laughs> right, so it's a couple of days before the proving that we've uh, joined Aloy again. She is a lot bigger, loads of red hair. Um, she's quite hot. Oh, God, as a teenager. You, you probably would. I think she's like. If you were a teenager. <laughs> no no she's at least 18 18 was uh... <laughs> uh, anyway so she's she's finally allowed into the Nora tribe and uh, this is all new to her she joins at the proving and she takes part she wins even though the, the other kids are trying to sabotage her and just as she wins she's told that she's passed she's uh, first place she is now a Nora brave but the Nora tribe are attacked by some other humans and it all kicks off can can we all agree she didn't deserve to win because she totally cheated like totally cheated no she just took it's like you're running or maybe (laughs) it's basically a shortcut in mario kart she took as a shortcut in mario kart if you're running a marathon the guy who takes side streets is a cheater a marathon she got set up this is point she got set up yeah when they when the brave warrior and the kid smash her her uh, item of sacrifice, so she then has to find another one and then catch up. You can't say that she's cheating. I, st- I still think she's a cheater. 
Nah, you're wrong. You're wrong. What I'm going to do. That was a very good story. Thank you for that, Luke. Right, thank yeah. you, Luke, for that <laughs> eloquent, <laughs> loquacious <laughs> storytelling time. That this has beautiful. been Jim Henson's Storyteller with right. Luke. All right, so down, down to down to brass tacks, guys. These tacks, yes. they're brass. We got to get down on them. Okay, mm-hmm. it seems like with every one of us, it was the story that mattered. Craig, you were kind of a fan of the gameplay, but it was yep. very much the story that drove you to finish it. Oh yes, and um, not only to finish it, but I didn't make a beeline for the end. I that's why I spent so long on the just in case the side quest mattered, as most of them didn't. But I spent a lot of time there just eking out that next story mission and then I'd go off and explore and then another story mission because I didn't want to ruin it. It's a bit like eating a whole cheesecake. You just eat it a bit at a time. And no, then maybe you eat it like crumbs. Kirby. <laughs> it's just in a one-hour including plate. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why my plates are glued to the table at my house. <laughs> so quite quickly during the battle, a lot of the uh, other contestants die along with the Nora tribe uh, clansmen um, it's not looking good but Aloy she starts to fight back she starts to um, hold her own and you go into a scene where you have to fight back against the cultists fortunately for Aloy she gets taken on by their leader who uh, looks like he's away to kill her but Ross turns up and uh, unfortunately Ross dies saving Aloy it's quite a dramatic scene did you guys have Rost pegged for death as soon as he showed up? Yes. yes but I hoped it would have lasted more than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was kind of like the cop who says, uh, tomorrow is my retirement. Aren't you exactly. excited? Yeah. <laughs> I'm one day away from retirement. <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of sad because I actually kind of liked Rost. Like he was a good counterpoint to Aloy. Yeah. And I think they should have kept him around. Kill one of the, like, matriarchs man because they were all annoying i don't know if they kept rost around i don't know if aloy could have grown as much as she did well, she did it kind of cut ties with that part of the world i guess yeah it yeah moved, moved their own um i did a little bit more research i'm not sure if this bit was in the actual game or if somebody else found it but i didn't know anything about rost at the end so i went and googled and it turns out the reason he was an outcast was because he left the the borders of the nora tribe which is like a, a sin for them after his wife and other Nora tribesmen were captured by the cultist or another group of uh, tribesmen from mm-hmm. a rival clan. And uh, yeah, that's why he, he's an outcast and he, he's so sworn to their beliefs that he won't like fight for his cause even though he saved people and yeah. managed I'm to sure get revenge and stuff. The, the wee elder that likes you near the end tells you that if you ask enough. Like, why, why, did, uh, why was Rost outcast? Yeah. Okay. And there's also actually in the villages in that area, if you go to the villages, you hear stories like, oh, there once was a guy who did this, and it turns out it was Rost. Mm. Oh, we skip, we, we kind of skipped over this bit, but what'd you guys do? Did you hit the kid in the head with a rock? No. <laughs> no. No. I used the brainiac move. Really? Yeah. You so can't be bigger than that. No, you're like 10 years old. <laughs> I mean, I got pegged with rocks. I always hucked rocks back. Well, yeah, but right. the thing is, at that point, you don't know how ingrained your decision-making is going to be in your character. It turns out not a lot, but you don't know whether you're going to end up with, you know, like, 
or some good superpowers <laughs> are you gonna okay. go to the dark side okay so so you're letting you're letting the mechanics of it get in the way of your decision making exactly otherwise i would have hucked that rock right that we okay face. all right that's that's <laughs> fine yeah that's what i did <laughs> yeah so uh, i i thought that was quite a cool cool moment um even if it was brutal mm-hmm. it wasn't brutal it's a rock she didn't no, shoot him. Ross. I'm taking it back to Ross. Oh, well, to Ross. Well, come on. It was a spear. It's not like he shot mm. him. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I don't, I don't know if I agree completely on the whole that's cut all ties. Because she was ready to cut all ties anyway. Because he was outcast. He wasn't part of the tribe. Mm. I, I would have liked him to be around more. Nah, that that's all. Like, I liked that he character. to die. Oh, he was a good character. He just needed to die. I can't remember the story. Uh, can we throw in a Rost in peace joke? Oh, is that too much? <laughs> it made me sad to see someone that looks like Grim get stabbed. Aloy chases the person that had the eclipse on the ear. I can't remember his name. Uh, we find out from him that the cultists are called the Eclipse. They worship a demon called Hades, which gives them access to older machines. Their leader, Halas, targeted Aloy after it is noted that she looks like an old world scientist called Dr. Elizabeth Sobek. Halas wants to use the old mean machines to control and take over the world. Okay. All right. Number one. Did anybody else not need any kind of motivation to know Hades was the bad one? It's like <laughs> implied they in list the name. Aphrodite <laughs> and all these other yeah. Greek gods that are just like, uh-huh. that's a good name. That's a- Oh, wow. Hades is the bad guy. Huh. Oh, Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. So... I thought I thought his name was Hades from Mexico. Oh, good old Hades. <laughs> um, so, Craig, this was kind of like a chic moment for me. Yeah, because oh, it was completely. like, oh, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. Okay. When did you guys have a peg on the story of? Oh, this is what it is. Um, I don't think I figured it out until halfway through. Especially with the bits later on with the AI oh, and stuff. The bits, the, the bits in the the Gaia complex where it literally tells you what happened. That's the biggest bit of spoilers. <laughs> if you've not got it after that, there's something wrong. <laughs> um, but there are there's lots of hints and and just nudges towards what's going on. And yeah, Hades. Oh, Hades. Yeah. I don't mean the general detail. I just mean that Hades is the bad guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant like, oh, okay. So this is just a remade civilization. All right, gotcha. Like at, until that point, you weren't sure. Okay, is this is what's left over, mm-hmm. or is this new? Bef- uh, yeah. Because for yeah. a while there, I, you 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 could, you could get the fallout thing of oh, this is this is so far beyond the devastation that humans reverted back to this. But yeah. no, it's it's the beginning. Like once I got that, I was like, okay, I I you know I got the rest of the story. This is pretty good. Mm. And that's all based on if you automatically assume it's Earth, which I don't think it's explicitly stated until later in the game. So if you thought it was more sci-fi, it could just not be Earth. It could be somewhere completely now, different. Now wait, weren't there some logs in the beginning of the game where you find? The, the chippy remember. doohickey thingy. I can't that, remember. I thought it said. I thought it said a place like like an Earth place. I was like, oh, okay, it's Earth. I I thought it was Denver. Yeah, it was, it was some place they mentioned. 
I thought it was Denver, which is the Vulcan capital. Uh, Damn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it was like New Denver, then you might be, like, hmm, I wonder. But <laughs> yeah, Denver. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is totally Earth. Okay, let's move on. Move on. Aloy, with the help of a mysterious stranger, Silence gains access to the old facility where Aloy discovers the truth of the calamity. A company called Pharaoh made a group of robots called the Peacekeeper with AI that could fuel with any biological form. Pharaoh lost control of Peacekeeper, which in turn turned on humanity, stripping all life from the planet to keep itself alive. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did nobody learn anything from, like... Every the other Matrix. science fiction. You don't name something the peacekeeper because it'll always end in irony. Every single time. Name them Deathbringers, and they will be the nicest robots you've ever seen. Yeah. Would you like some tea? Yeah, you don't name it peacekeepers. Why would you let them refuel with any biological form? Well, no, that makes sense. Like, that's a pretty good idea because trash. You now no longer have landfills full of organic garbage. That's a cool idea. But evidently, mm. they never watched anything science fiction-y where the robots turn on people. Like, <laughs> Terminator alone could have saved millions of lives. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, yes! Okay, yeah, so it's basically Terminator. Skynet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so, because it takes over other machines as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay, good. I feel better now. Oh, it was driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, so this is also the first part where you notice that uh, Aloy looks like Dr. Sobek, and that instantly gets you thinking, is she is she related? Is it her mother? What's going mm-hmm. on here? How can that be possible hundreds of years later? Which got the intrigue for me up, uh, and that's when I started to find something that I really enjoyed about this game is the old civilization part and what happened to the old world and it's interesting because Aloy doesn't understand a lot of the things that are being referenced or spoken about in the in the game you know I guess that's that's throughout the game when Aloy is collecting cups and keys thinking these are old world relics when they're just bits of junk to us essentially but I am really the world's greatest dad (laughs) it's not not junk yeah I had my money on uh, cryogenic freezing like I was like okay it's gonna turn out that she was frozen as a baby. That is what then, I, was, I was absolutely wrong. What did you guys think of uh, Silence? Yeah, how long did it take for you to realize he was a bad guy? I don't think he is a bad guy. I think he's just a third party. Oh, he's totally a bad guy. He might be a bad guy in Horizon 2, but for this one, he he was out to get what he wanted, which was... Which was what? You know, Hades in a jar. <laughs> and that he wants... was... Gen- <laughs> That's like saying, all right, so the guy carrying the bubonic plague in a jar... Not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad guy. He's yeah. just, you know, he wants the knowledge. He thinks he can contain Hades and get all the knowledge. That's why he was in that. He was never in it to be the bad guy. He wanted the knowledge. So he used Aloy to beat Hades, to capture Hades, to wander off thinking, I'm going to learn everything. And that's what it's going to go wrong in Horizon 2. And Silence will probably be very repentant and be like, oh, I really dropped the ball on this one, guys. Oh, Sorry. no, he won't. He's going to be all... He's going to go all Hitler on that. <laughs> it's worth noting... It's worth noting that none of us have played the DLC, so Silence is the bad guy in that. <laughs> that sounds like a good point. <laughs> <laughs> does, he, does he go Hitler or misunderstood? Yeah. Mm. Vote now. Hang on, is he actually the bad guy in the DLC? I don't know. <laughs> On an odd note, the actor is actually an undercover cop in the TV show Oz. So 
the fact that he, he switches allegiances is kind of... He's also a cop in Fringe. He's the, the chief in Fringe. Mm. In this, he plays a Jamaican pretending to be a... Or a, pretend, a prisoner pretending to be Jamaican who was actually a cop. We find out that uh, Dr. Solbeck was tasked with finding a solution to, to the uh, peacekeeper problem. Her and the best scientists were gathered to come up with a solution. They built an AI called Gaia, who will be able to shut down Peacekeeper, but not in time to save the world. Instead, the AI will regenerate the world using its own robots to build an ecosystem. However, it's too late for humanity in its current form. So here's the question, guys. Here it is. Would you really put your heart and soul into working on that program if you knew you were going to die anyway? Well, some people didn't, and some people opted for, you know, like, voluntary euthanasia. Why? Why? I, I, that, that is the perfect, go ahead and live a hedonistic lifestyle for the next five weeks, man. That's all you got left. I. Once you're in, you're not allowed out. Once you're in the program, you weren't allowed to walk back out. You were either dying or you were working on it. I don't know. I guess, I guess some of these people are a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? Compassionate. Loving. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) idealistic than me. Yeah. If everybody I know and everybody I have helped create and, you know, spent my life forming bonds with, was going to mm-hmm. die, why do I care if humanity's going to live on? <laughs> to that. That bit of the game, that's where kind of like the, I was going to say audio diaries there, but that's not, they're not audio diaries. Um, when That's where it starts picking up in terms of, it's quite jarring, some of them, because you can listen to interviews in that area mm. of people saying, you know, like, what about my family? And they're like, you can bring two others, you know, obviously like maybe a partner and one of your children if you get two children or yeah. something. I don't know how it worked but there was people going crazy there was, you could listen to counselling sessions and stuff like that. Yeah, I and got pe- some of those. And it was really I that's that's the point where I was like, Dave, you have to play this because I was listening to everything and I was beginning to start probably overthinking it all, thinking this is quite something they were going through. That really hooked me in. I find it fascinating that they the, the big cover up that they did, you know. Um, so whilst Doctor Solbeck was was tasked with keeping, you know, getting this project done in time, the rest of humanity was tasked with trying to buy as much time as possible. Mm-hmm. But they were all told the lie that they were going to win this war and you know everything was going to be okay. And the hearing from the people that knew about this, like the the army personnel especially that sergeant i can't remember his name i'll edit yeah. it in general aaron jerez that was that was so oh, it was just a horrible horrible decision that guys had to make and you can yeah. tell that he he's gonna regret it or well he won't but whatever <laughs> i i still would have spent the week just getting as fat as i possibly could but you would be in a prison cell and say the no, compound no, no, i meant no, 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 no. I mean, even or even if even you were just drafted cell, into fight. <laughs> yeah, getting extra sleep before you die—it's got to be a worthwhile endeavor. You'd be on Monster Hunter. You'd play. Like, <laughs> yeah, to get I would. That armor Hold on, guys. Nergigante needs to go down. <laughs> I will die very unhappy if I don't finish this. Um. Yeah, I guess you know. I guess that was kind of where the story broke down for me a little bit, and this might just be me personally. I don't think there are people that idealistic who exist. And so this was like, nobody would do that. Oh, Dave. Nobody would do Dave, that. I want to come over there and hug you. I'm, I am fine. <laughs> it's just, I personally never, like, I can't do the, oh, I will sacrifice today for the good of generations. I don't care. I'm not going to know them. I'll be dead. And that's why mm-hmm. I kind of, I, you know, I kind of side with the guy who was, you know, sabotaged it. He's all like, 
doesn't matter to me. I'll be dead. But that was that was a pure dick. That was a pure dick move on him. That was I don't care right. about let, the let future. Me, let me let me let me go into that bit. Let okay, into right. That okay, bit. sorry. Luke. So Elizabeth Solbeck and all the other alphas, all the other scientists that were in charge of the parts of Gaia, have uh, been locked in a complex to uh, al- where they'll basically live out the rest of their lives. Uh, unfortunately, one of the hatches that contains where the the facility where they're at doesn't close properly, and it bleeds a signal. Knowing that the Pharos robots will probably detect the signal and find the Gaia complex, Elizabeth acts on her own. She wears, she puts on a hazard suit, and uh, she goes outside to sacrifice herself to save the Gaia project. Um, Ted Pharos' behavior becomes more and more erratic as these people uh, live out the rest of their lives in the complex. Without Elizabeth there to um, control him, he he goes more and more mad. Uh, eventually deciding to kill the rest of the alphas and delete the the database that will train future generations through the Gaia project. He got all the people that could have helped that program into a room and murdered them all Mm. because he was an asshole. He's basically Steve Jobs of that technological world. They they really stuck it to that dude. Yeah, the dude made a mistake. Yeah, he damned all humanity. But, uh... They could have just let him live the rest of, you know, the, what, three weeks or whatever it was. Instead, they were just, just needling the guy. Well, you noticed he kind of, he, he loses his composure and he, like, Dr. Solbeck, after she dies, it seemed that, like, she was the only one that could control him. But as soon as she went, after she'd done the sacrifice, you you notice that he just becomes more and more edgy with the people until he thinks, screw it, I'm taking control, this is my fuck up. And there's no way that the people are going to be able to make the same mistakes as me by deleting the research or the the knowledge side of Gaia, yeah. which is, I, I mean, I, when I played that bit, I was furious. I was like, you, you fucked you the world did. over. And now, <laughs> now you're, wait, yeah. really? Yeah, I was so angry with that guy. I was like, you've, you've fucked the world over. You've just killed everybody that's left and done all this good work. And now you're taking away the knowledge without knowing what's going to happen in the future. See? You know, humanity had an opportunity to survive. Mm-hmm. You've taken that and you've made it a risk. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I thought all he did was delete all of the knowledge and culture and everything else that existed. He didn't He didn't ruin the Gaia program. He just deleted all the knowledge, I thought. Yeah, but then he's also removing the... How does he know that Gaia is prepared or set up to oh, handle okay. it without that part okay. you know yeah he, he's made it he's made an ai that's been designed in a specific way work in a way it's not designed to work in by removing and, the knowledge part which is supposed to let the, the children that have been made in test tubes take over from gaia and live their own lives oh now see i disagree i don't think i don't think like future generations way down the line should be saddled with our culture and technology and everything else let them start fresh so I kind of agree with him on that point. Otherwise, you're going to repeat the same mistake. Yeah, I, I agree with that part. But you you notice it through the diaries of the children. Gaia doesn't know what to do with them. There's no there's no training for them, and eventually they rebel and get out. But had the had that not worked, that would have been it for humanity. Humanity would have been finished, yeah. all because of this guy's. Well, to be fair, what would it matter? I've got an explanation for this. Yes. The explanation for your disagreement here is that Luke works in IT and IT are traditionally <laughs> risk averse. So <laughs> Whereas I deal with customers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ted Farrow did not put his change through change control. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Look, that guy that wanted purple anodized was a dick. He deserved to have him and his children wiped out. All right. All right. Um, just just to remind you guys, so. In case Gaia made a mistake, a countermeasure was put in place in form of another AI called Hades. This was so that she could have multiple attempts of regenerating the world. The first attempt went well. Uh, the children were born and the world was almost ready to have the children released. However, somebody activated Hades and in an attempt to save the children, Hades uh, Gaia blew herself up with Hades. But before she did that, she generated Aloy because she thought the only way to get out of this is for someone like Dr. Sobet to come in and reboot the system. So Aloy was put out. To yeah, because it needed like her genetic makeup yeah. for some of the doors yep. and the, the computer system. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just like to point out that the noble sacrifice is never worth it. Uh, <laughs> it, it all goes to hell anyway. <laughs> that bit at the end, though, where, you, where as Aloy, you come across Sobek's armor sitting, I was like, at first, I thought this is really touching, and you know, I felt a wee bit of mosh, and I was just like, "Ah!" Oh. And then I was like, "I wonder if I can have her armor. I wonder what stats it's got." <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. That gamer sense kicked in. I will agree with you. I, I think, I think, take away the creepy um, king out of the ending because he's just creepy. Mm. I I thought the ending was okay. Like yeah. I thought that was it was pretty good. Not any of the combat bits or any of the like I, I'm a man who loves the you're gonna now face impossible waves of enemies, hold out as long as you can. I love that in the story. It was great in The Witcher, it was great mm-hmm. here, it's great in anything that does it, right? And I the ending with her and Sobek on the bench, that's yep. a great way to end it. Yeah. yeah. I really liked the ending of this. It ended with silence capturing Hades. No, that's the post-credits. No, did. post-credits. That didn't happen. Oh, was that post-credits? And, uh. and it was also predictable as all hell, so it didn't happen. <sighs> you knew the guy was going to get it. You knew it was going to happen. What it did do is it said, we've got a good idea for Horizon 2. <laughs> now see I thought I thought they were I thought they were gonna do the parallel of Sobek sacrificed herself to save humanity. Aloy was gonna sacrifice herself to save humanity. Yeah, kind of surprised she didn't as well, yeah. Yeah. But then there would have been no sequel. I don't necessarily think uh, that so means okay, there has to be a sequel yeah. really. It just means he's gonna walk off with his Hades, going wherever yeah. he wants. With all the knowledge. Yeah. I don't think the- it the, the although it could be twisted quite well, I mean, easy it would to be a sequel, but was a little bit ambiguous. It, it would be a shame to have a character as good as Aloy just for one game, I guess, though. If she killed herself at the end to save humanity, would you have liked it more or less? <laughs> no, no, like, I liked the end. Uh, you know what? No, I would have liked it more because that's, that's mm-hmm. a brave thing to do. Yeah. You make a character and it clicks that well with people. Like, everybody likes Aloy. Mm-hmm. And you're brave enough to say, nope, this is her story. That's how it ends. Whereas the whole, I have the information, is very yeah. TV. Mike, any thoughts on the story? No, not not necessarily. I, I like the ending, but I didn't know what happened before the ending. <laughs> and I skipped through Stuff. all those text logs. I kept picking up the next one and then thinking... I'm going to run out of time for it to press, press, say press triangle on the screen. So I'm going to just press triangle and eat into the last <laughs> audio log. 
The ones that list two were good, though. I've got to say, the, the story was absolutely top-notch for me. Just as a whole, it's what kept me going, and it's what kept me bought into it. The audio logs, the text logs, I just I couldn't, I got I got lost in them, and I kept on thinking, because this is something The Witcher 3 has, is it's the third in a, in a series of very, very strongly lore-written games, so it's so, so deep that I thought, if this is the first horizon, imagine what that could be like by the time it gets to the third. They could have built an entire world's worth, because it does feel thin in places. It does. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, but mm. What's there is very good and it's very well written. Yeah, I I would completely agree. I think I was more interested in finding out what happened to the old world than I was with the new world. The new world seemed a little bit, um, I don't know. It, it seemed like it'd been done before, but the, this the old side of it seemed like it was, whilst it was touching on themes that have been done before, it had its own twist and I, I really liked that. Um, when it came to the last battle and you know, kind of closing the game off, I wasn't so interested in saving the new world. I was, you know, I kind of think the ending for me was when you find out that what Gaia had achieved and how she'd done it. Um, but yeah, here's hoping they take what they've they've built on and move it into a new story for the second one. I'd mm-hmm. really like to see these characters come back. Not the king. <laughs> no. <It's> creepy. <laughs> he is a bit creepy. He is a bit creepy. He was in love with um, what's her face or what's his face. The guy that died in the side quest. Oh God, never mind. I Just love it. Up. Love it when you, you you consider an edit before you talk. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I just like, I just kind of started talking there and I thought, this is just going nowhere already. There was a slight tip bit in there, but just, just forget it. Well, he was in love with that brings up a good point, lady. Craig. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's sister. Yeah. So I think the story, if you were just doing story missions and not side quests, like I think me, Mike and Luke mm-hmm. did after the first like two three hours. Yep. Yeah. Even then, the story kind of sagged a little bit once it got to that to the mm-hmm. capital. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, like with the whole Olin thing, and it just kind of lost me for a while. Like, I gave no shits about Olin. Yeah. The let let the fat balding man's family die. That's fine. Poor poor <laughs> Olin. Well, you he, she has way more important things to do. Way more she does have way things. more important things to do, but one of the trophies, if I get back on point, <laughs> um, you have to have all alloys. Alloys. Allies. Jesus. <laughs> Damn it. You have to have all allies for the final battle, and that involves doing many side quests. So talk about side quests then. What's that? Because you're the only one that did them. Like, like talk, would um, you say the side quests are good okay. stories? Um, there's two or three standout ones. The one where you have to save the the uh, kid and the wife from the you know the arena type area where the guy's gone mad. Now that's part of the story. You end up in that arena, but the the, the side quest around that you have to save the king and or the, or the rightful king and the kid, and then stick them on a boat. And that's a very long, very awesome. Uh, well, you know, it's it's one of those. I'm going to escort you to your designated area quests, but it's done really well with the big snap maw thing chasing you. It's brilliant. Um, the Nils thing, I thought it was fantastic, even though it's obvious. It, you just meet him every so often, and when you meet him so much and you've leveled up your friendship, I suppose, in game terms, you meet him on top of a mountain, 
and he's basically like we're gonna fight to the death and i'm pretty sure you're gonna kill me but you know you have to fight him and then in the end you can you can kill him or you you don't kill him and he joins your party erin joins your party who else is there those were the standout ones oh the um the crafting woman i don't know what race it is what do you call that kind of what do you call that kind of person that's got a hammer and they hit metal objects to make spiky a blacksmith a blacksmith yeah um, oh my gosh blacksmith. really yeah there's a blacksmith woman <laughs> and that side quest is quite good so that's south of the capital there's a big region and someone's been forced out and there's objects in there that are drawing the the um, enemy in and you've got to go in and destroy them all and it is just wave after wave after wave of baddie but once you've cleared them all out uh, they regain their land and come and join your party mm. and they were really quite cool I really liked them the ones I didn't like were oh there's a woman on top of a rock there what's wrong with you I'm looking for my daughter have you found her and like, oh, or my brother why, why are you looking up there a lot why? of people want to um, say oh do this because I'm too proud to do it myself that's that's what yeah, I came across. Yeah, and that's when I switched off. There there was a few there was a few or do this, go and get these flowers because this person's feeling a wee bit poorly and you look like you're up to the challenge. Mm. Um I didn't I didn't quite the, like those. I know you've been killing boars all game, lady, but uh could you kill a couple more for me? Really yeah. appreciate it. So so just really quick because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. What did you guys do with Olin? I mean, I know what you did, Craig, because you needed a trophy. <laughs> uh, I saved him, I think. Yeah, saved him and his family. What did you do? Oh, I <laughs> killed him and then saved his family. <laughs> Look, there has to be consequences <laughs> for your actions. Mm. You can't try to kill me for half the game and then go, it's <laughs> my bad. No. <laughs> you got to be punished for that. I let him go. I let him go like an idiot. Oh, Mike. Mm. I regret it. Like, I mean, I mean, really, guys, if somebody spent, you know, 15 years of your life trying to kill you, would you really let them go? No. You'd be like, no, I'm going to kill you. I don't care if your family's kidnapped. You just I'll kill you. And <laughs> um, on a slight segue, what did you guys think of the camps, the training camps with the challenges? Because I oh, loved those as well. Uh, <laughs> I hate them. Oh. Absolutely hate them. Yeah. Oh. Yep, I'm with Luke. When there's a limited amount of Damn those it. bloody logs to fall off the hill. And you're running around thinking, how can I trap something in front of this? No, no, I didn't. I wasn't happy with those. No. God, you got it. You had to get all Blazing Suns to get your Blazing Suns <laughs> weapons and armor. Ugh. And obviously, they were very important. I didn't use them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, the armor that you get at the end. So one of the collectibles you have to pick up are power cells. There's a power cell. I don't know if you remember, but you reach the very top of What's-His-Face's office. And you've just found out that he's been a complete bam. Mm. And then if you climb even higher, there's a power cell. And yeah. I think that's the I think that's the first obvious one you hit. It activates the the quest to get nine. I'm gonna say nine, but I think it might be twelve power cells. Once you've got twelve, you can go in, you power up the doors to get into this armor, and this armor is a thing of beauty. It's kinda all the armors yeah, are very traditional really looking. <laughs> And this thing looks like it's from Crisis. It's kind of glows, and when things hit it, it sparks and stuff. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Once you've got that armor, 
you just don't need to worry about health or anything. But unfortunately, you can't get it until after the game finishes. Oh, see now, Craig. That see, I kind of checked out at that point because you know by the time you got there. You don't want to walk around all of Hyrule with the stupid Dominion Rod and doing all this stupid stuff to get a reward that doesn't matter. Oh, oh, this is Horizon. Oh, no, I didn't get the armor either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, it seems like you just clicked with this more than, than I yeah. did. I mean, I yeah. like I like the story, but yeah, that was it. And that's Dave, perfectly I, I, fine, Dave, dude. Dave, I'm glad I like you Far Cry. It. I like Borderlands. Get off my podcast. Exactly. Um, I don't, I'm but you did like Wildlands. I did not like Wildlands. I liked Wildlands. So there's a limit. Wildlands could have been made perfect if they had two-on-two helicopter battles or something like that. Yes. Um, But no, um, hang on. You've totally and utterly derailed my thought. That's surprising. So one of the things both you and Luke kept saying to me, I don't know if you said it to Mike because I'm not Mike, but... um. Mm -hmm was this is a proper next-gen open world. And it baffled me for a very long time until I played the game, and then it baffled me more. So what about this screams this is next-gen to you? Um, Look, you'll have to field that one because I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, you did. No, yes, I you didn't. did. No, I didn't. Yeah, I think I, think I said this is next-gen visually. Uh, open world games... I'm not convinced. I don't think it handles the side quest issue that most have. It doesn't have as many problems with the map being overpopulated with stuff to do. Like there are things, but it's not as bad as some games have become. Um, but graphically, especially with the character models, I think this game is one of the best games on the PlayStation Four for it. Graphics, I think it looks amazing. Um, yeah, I. I and the story, I, I really got caught in that story. I, I think that's one of the best stories I've played last year. Um, if on the PlayStation 4, which is that's a good compliment, there's been some solid games on the PlayStation 4. But yeah, the, the open world stuff, nah, not for me. Hmm. See, I, I would say if you were to kind of try and go down the next gen argument, it's not... I think this is very derivative of a lot of other games, but I think what it's done really well, what it's like, it's taken the best bits of games and made them better and meshed them all together in a way that's created something amazing. So the fact that it's really heavily story driven is really kind of drags you along. But things like I, I much prefer climbing a long neck than I do going up a tower in Far Cry to unlock a bit of the map and I much prefer kind of like collecting bits of animal to craft rather than collecting stuff off a tree and a bush and that kind of thing and finding things in crates everything about it I felt it was just it had an edge on everything every likeness like you said Far Cry Primal I haven't played Far Cry Primal but I will play it but the closest thing I could think of was something like Assassin's Creed mushed up with Far Cry or something like that that just but I just thought this has done it really really well and look is spot on I think look is spot on it just looks properly next gen compared to something else which I don't I can't think of one thing off the top of my head right now but it do, it does I liked it very much 
And I haven't even got onto the things I didn't like about it. That's another podcast's yeah. worth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Horizon Zero Dawn. It is... Uh, I want to say it's a lot better than it actually is, but the truth is, I think it's a middle-of-the-road game for me, which I, I'm definitely glad I played. Um I don't think I really would have missed not playing it, to be brutally honest. There's a, a lot of games quite similar, and a lot of games which are, are far far beyond the scope of this one. So, uh, you know, it's it's nice to stay in touch with, with what everyone else seems to be playing these days, but personally, I, I don't think it was meant for me. And uh, good luck. Good luck with Horizon 2. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of going to pick up where Mike left off. It's weird that we're split two and two. I, If I was a professional reviewer, I would review this a seven mm, out of ten. Exactly. It works. It's good. There are only a few problems you could have with it that would frustrate you enough to make you put it down. But personally, I don't like it at all. That wasn't like, a very is... professional reviewer approach there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I personally. personally. Thankfully, I'm not a guy who has to worry about, oh, what do I professionally think as opposed to what I personally think. It's always going to be personal when we're doing stuff like this. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I think it feels like Gorilla put a lot of work into their animations and a lot of work into Aloy. And then decided to farm out the rest of everything to to Ubisoft. And I don't <laughs> like Ubisoft games. I did at one point, but uh, they're they're awful. They're terrible. Everything felt like a time sink, mm. not like it was you were doing it because it was fun. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you, Dave. Apart from the story was enough. To- yeah. The story saved it. Like, the story saved it from me saying this was one of the less enjoyable games I've played this year. Or last year. Not this year. Because I'm sure there's some real stinkers coming up. And I don't even agree on the way it looks. Like, again, I, th- I think Batman looked better than this. Not the Telltale one. Like, Arkham. Yeah. I think... I think things like Mafia 3 are kind of on par with it. I don't see what you guys see that makes it special. And that's absolutely fine. It doesn't matter. But I will play Horizon 2 because, you know, well, I want to see the story. Either that or I'll watch YouTube of it. But, Craig, and, and you'll appreciate this, coming off of Breath of the Wild, this was the worst game to play right afterwards. Yes, <laughs> yes it was. The absolute it- worst I think I had a, a a terrible, terrible time because it's at one point I was playing both at the same time, and it was just it was wrecking me. It was absolutely wrecking <laughs> me. And I I remember I remember getting to um, the end of Horizon and I still had breath some more breath of the wild to go, and I was like, it was that put down Horizon, and I was like, I'm free. I can play Breath of the Wild some more now. <laughs> And boy, did you play Breath of the Wild. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear more about that, check out our Breath of the Wild (laughs) Operation podcast. So, guys, I've been reading a lot of reviews about this leading up to this because I'm always curious to see what those weirdos think. Mm -hmm. But 
this won a ton of game. This was Polygon's game of the year. This was a bunch of people's game of the year. Hmm. Over Zelda, which blows my mind. That's Polygon, though, Dave. Who, who else did? <laughs> and well, that, that was just the one I could remember. A lot of people gave this game of the year. Mm-hmm. That... Does anybody here agree with that? At, at all? Out of curiosity? No. If you remember, if you remember our game of the year episode, I was very much... I didn't want to say Horizon, and I didn't want to say Breath of the Wild, because at the time, they were still both more fresh, and I really love Horizon and the story, and it sucked me right in, and I love the open-world Ubisoft mechanics, because I like time sinks and just mulling about and doing things. I like Dynasty things. Warriors, it's good. Exactly. So, I think I, I love them both, and that's why I went for my oddball third choice. Now, if you asked me, I would flat out say it was Breath of the Wild. <laughs> just be like, yeah, it was Breath, Breath of the Wild <laughs> was the game of the year. Um, it puzzles me how someone would pick Horizon over Breath of the Wild. But at the same time, I can appreciate a, a few of the reasons that I've read and reviews why. Because a lot of people did really click with it, much like I did. Yeah, that that's kind of interesting. See, throughout this game, or near the end of it, um, now, again, I'm not sure if this is just because I'm fatigued by open world games, but I just kind of thought this would have been better if it was a 20-hour game opposed to a 40-hour game, and it was a linear single-player experience, not not this open world sandbox, whatever you want to call it, where there's all these collectibles and there's all these tasks and stuff. And do, do you guys feel like that would have been a better fit? Oh, Cause, well, why don't we just turn that into a Telltale game and call it quits? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, keep the combat and stuff, but it, it, does it need to be what it was? Like, it seems like they've padded it out nah, with a I lot think, of stuff that... I think it just that was the right so quality. much... That was a lot of narrative to squeeze into a single... That would be a long... That would be a long single-player, you know, mission-based... you think there's more story here than there is in Yakuza? Yeah. Well, Yakuza's and got they... a certain element of... Well, of yeah, course, but you can they kept it very, the very dense instead of yeah. big with little bits of stuff going mm. around it was small with a lot of but stuff going this on this is 100% fixing to be horizon 3 um third dawn of the manatees or something like that <laughs> forza horizon um, 3 i was hoping manta rays yeah. forza horizon 3 <laughs> <laughs> zero until dawn um Definitely, that's where I see it going. I see it going as they're playing the long game. They are building the foundation for a very, very big series of games. Can Can the third one be Horizon until Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Because oh, I would, I would play that. Yeah. All, all of these lovely game of the year um, award sort of things we're, we're standing. We you you have to remember that this is Horizon One, and you know I I absolutely. Ugh, I absolutely hated a, a first kill zone. Kill zone two and three were absolutely amazing. So there is there is promise yet. Yeah. But on the same token, yeah, there's absolutely. I didn't promise. see anyone give game of year awards to kill zone one either. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Luke. As soon as the open world hit, I felt the same way about this as I felt about Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But I mean, at least the side quests and Mass Effect Andromeda were engaging, and you know some of them were worthwhile. Well, so I I can't think of any of them that really grabbed my attention in this. 
Where are we on Mass Effect? Are we on Mass Effect 2 was the best? <laughs> no, Mass Effect 3 is the best. Uh, Mass Effect 1 is the best. I'll stay with Craig. You hipster! I'll stay with Craig. I'll go for 2. Start keeping track for next year's argument episode. (laughs) Yeah, Mass Effect 3 was definitely the best. There's no argument. There's no argument. Mass Effect 1 is just the one I think is the best. That's it. I like the other two. (laughs) (laughs) We need to start coming up with things, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Unless Mike, you want to do for five years running. Hmm? No, uh, Ma- what well, Mass Effect Two is the best. Mass Effect Three is the second best. Mass Effect One's yes. the worst. Okay. Done. <laughs> One, two, three. Perfect order. No, no, no. Okay. Anyway, that that bit aside. So. Sorry. Yeah, le- you can contact us at Gmail and Twitter and. Instagramery, LinkedIn, whatever, whatever we're on. I don't even LinkedIn. know anymore. Instagram, <laughs> like LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe we're on MySpace. Maybe we're on. We ha- we probably have an Angel Fire page or a GeoCities page. Whichever. Let us know what you thought of Horizon because, judging by professional review, it was an amazing, outstanding game. But professional reviews are generally always out of touch. So, I'm curious to see what people think about this. And next time we do one of these big suckers, I would appreciate it. Um, maybe would you kindly come and listen to our episode? And that's all I'm going to say. So, because I think that's all you need to say at this point. That is entirely. That's like saying I was going to podcast until I took an arrow. Yeah. And with that, gentlemen, say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.